0: Hey everyone! It's your host Dubs Weinblatt here with our first ever ally collaboration. With me, I have my dear friend and previous podcast guest and co-founder of Crafter Truth, Jeffrey Kidwell, along with his best friend, who happens to be the one and only Sarah Bareilles. And like, this is a big deal in general, but it's an even bigger deal for me personally because Sarah is my all-time fave and. Her music has always been a source of strength and inspiration to me, and I can always count on her music to hold me and lift me and hug my soul and make me feel better. And she and her music remind me to be brave when things feel really hard, Um, and she's taught me the importance of bringing my true authentic self to all that I do and to not take shit from anyone. And over the years, she's been an ally and supported Thank You For Coming Out and Craft Your Truth by giving her time and talents and more. And I just, I couldn't be more grateful for her. This episode is very special to me, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for coming
1: Coming
0: out. Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I'm so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different, We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this particular podcast episode is different for two reasons. One, we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, and we are all physically distancing, which means we are not in our studio, we're recording over Zoom. So the audio that you're used to uh, might sound a little bit different. Um, You might hear sirens, you might hear cars honking, uh, you might hear birds chirping, which is great. Uh, but we are just doing the best we can with what we have. Um, I'm also very excited uh, about this episode because it's our first ever um, ally episode. Today I'm joined by my good friend Jeffrey Kidwell, he, him, his, uh, whom you may remember from an earlier episode of the podcast and also is the co-founder of Crafter Truth. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Grammy-winning, multiple Tony Emmy-nominated Broadway star, author, all-around great gal, Sarah fucking Borellis, she, her, hers. (laughs) Welcome, you both. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Uh,
1: Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having us.
0: Yes, it's my pleasure. So, Jeff, we were texting about you've all known each other for 19 years? I
1: I think I did the math on it. I think I was, I'm 37, and I met Sarah my sophomore year of UCLA. So I think if I did the math right, then I was, right?
2: I think I was. I'm I not even like nice. I'm listening to you talking, but I'm not even trying to do the math. Okay, here, here, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Like whatever you say is the answer. <laughs> no, but I know how we
1: can figure it out. I know how we can figure it out. What year did you go to Italy? Do you know?
2: Uh, let's see. That was 2000, 2001.
1: Okay, so that means it would have been the two thousand one, two thousand two school year. Because okay. I remember you saying you had just gotten back. Okay. So we've known each other since two thousand one yeah so is that 19 19 years is that what i said when i checked
2: it yeah guys
1: i'm i'm a math
0: you are living uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i was a math major so that's why that's beautiful (laughs) yeah so that's Um, how
0: that's great um uh your friendship can vote (laughs) (laughs) And our friendship <laughs> better fucking.
2: Go. I was just gonna better say that. Yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah,
0: so kind of love. before we dive in, like how are you both doing? This is such a weird time to be to be. Yeah.
2: Um I am I'm riding the waves of this. I'm finding that every day, as much as it feels exactly the same, feels really different emotionally. So mm-hmm. I'm going through like stages personally. Um, I, there's things about it I've really appreciated and things um, that have felt really good and cozy and slow and um, intentional. And then there's things about it that like make me completely stir crazy and feel very powerless and angry. I've gone through phases of feeling really angry and that usually coincides with when I'm, I'm consuming a lot of news media um so i'm just trying to find the balance and sort of i think everyone's going into this really interesting introspective place of just like asking themselves big questions and i kind of like that i have a really love hate relationship with social media right now i'm really feeling kind of quiet personally so um it's nice to have um an outlet to engage with people like this that feels very intentional and and Personal, but there's a lot of like shouting into the void right now <laughs> that I'm yeah, like yeah. kind of allergic to. So I'm, I'm finding that I'm consuming less, which actually feels probably pretty healthy for me personally. I don't know, Jeffrey, how are you feeling?
0: Oh, we've never
1: talked about this. So <laughs> 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 make this fresh no. Um, I am finding that I have like three or four good days in a row that feel like not normal is not the word, but I feel like recognizably like myself, the routine that I've established feels sufficient. It feels like it's enough to get me through. And then I have a day like today where I wake up in not like dread, but it's like where I feel like I'm having to like climb up the emotional hill to like get to feeling good. Totally. Um uh and I, it's a funny, the balance that's been interesting for me is that I want to like give myself space emotionally and permission emotionally to like feel however I feel. Um, but then also balancing that with like recognizing that I have it pretty good. Um, I'm healthy. I'm, you know, uh, quarantining with my husband. I have an apartment that I love. You know, like I I do, my family's healthy, knock on wood, thank God. Um, so like finding that balance between remaining grateful and keeping a perspective, but mm-hmm. also allowing myself to realize that this is hard. And, you know, people are not, we're social animals. We're not, we're not made to be this isolated. And I was, you know, it's, it's incredible how um, emotional the experience has been. Uh you know, I haven't had that yet, like, you know, sort of burst into tears. But I was saying this to a friend the other day. I do sort of feel like I'm always on the edge. Like I'm like, <laughs> like a, like a commercial will make me weep. Like, You yeah. know what I mean? It's a. Uh,
2: this it's, whole thing is like being on an airplane all the time. You're just like. Yes. Like irrationally. Like holding emotional. on for dear
0: life. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. But it's just, just
1: a feeling of un- it's, it's, un- it's uneasy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, you're, like maybe you two have found this. Like, I'll be going about my day and, like, realize that I had forgotten that life is like this right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. I can't go into that store. Like, oh, I, I'd love a coffee on my walk. Oh, I can't. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: Um, yeah, i wake up, and it's, like, sunny out, and I can hear the birds, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, such a dumb, weird, like, I don't know, it's, I think it's helpful to like, that the sun comes up every day and that like, it is like the trees are blossoming and that feels helpful too. But well, let's talk about something happy, well, pride. (laughs) Um, So I asked uh, each of you to find something around your places um, that reminds you of pride. So I'd love to see what you brought to the table.
1: They go, Sarah, you go show and tell. Do I go first? Sure. Yeah, you go.
0: Okay. Um, So I
2: grabbed this little flag that says Brave on it. And it's a handmade, it's a gift from uh, the friend that I actually wrote the song Brave about. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really meaningful to me because for those of you who are listening who don't know the story behind the song Brave, um, it was written as a, kind of a love letter to a dear friend who was really struggling with coming out as an adult, and um, and it was hard to watch this magical person feel so powerless. And so to be the the privilege of being, um, you know, n- next to them as they made the decision to sort of stand in their truth in a in a more out way was was a really, really inspiring journey for me and, um, something that I hold very near and dear and they made it for me and, um, and I love it and it hangs on my wall. So it just, I, I love, you know, the, the message of that song eventually became so much bigger than the song was intended to be. And so I, I I really feel proud of that. So
0: pride all over pride, 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 but I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Jeffrey.
1: All right, so mine is like it's okay, It's a little cheesy, but so my, the 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 thing in my life that makes me think the most about pride is my husband, right? So like, apparently, he's like a person and not an object. So I couldn't like bring him here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but I do keep I do keep this picture on our little um, table that is the day of our wedding can that? oh and that,
0: that's like, so cute I yeah that. and
1: that that greets us every day um and you know reminds me of how lucky I am because I think about like I just think about I mean I think a lot of folks that are in the LGBTQ you know community like we've all a lot of us have come a long way so if I look at that picture you know and I think back to where I was, it, it just reminds me of the journey that I've been on. And so many of us have, have been on in learning to love ourselves and accept ourselves and sort of walk with pride. I mean, there's tons of things in my apartment, I mean, that remind me of pride, but I would say that's the number one thing.
0: Oh, really? I love that. There yeah. was so much like love and joy emanating from both of you.
1: Oh, uh, it was the best day ever. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You're so lucky. It was the best.
0: Um, Okay, so mine is this, Jeff. might look familiar to you. Um, It's a T-shirt that says, Give uh, LGBT youth love and hope. And it's um, a shirt that we got um, the night of our first ever Crafter Truth um, when we did it It as a fundraiser for New Alternatives. And so that just reminds me of um, the work that we do together and the work that New Alternatives does and Pride in general. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Sad Thanks. day about Pride, but you know, having been canceled. But I don't know. I think it's going to be a great lesson about Pride. Is it's more than this one day event, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's really not the parade and the parties. I mean, that that that's all really fun, but it's not going to stop us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so gay that day.
0: some (laughs) pics um yeah i mean i actually didn't know pride was canceled so news oh my god news alert yeah i didn't know i haven't been on anything today so i haven't seen to be totally fair
1: to be totally fair the word they're using is postponed so you know maybe not i think in the city like it's not just pride it's i think Concerts, any like large gatherings, or at least through June, have been canceled and/or postponed.
0: You got it. Well, oh,
1: sorry to break the news.
0: That's listen. This is not the worst news I've had in the last twenty four hours, so it's all good. Um, so let's let's dive in. So Jeff, I so because we've never done an, an ally episode before, I wanted to try this thing where you would share because we all have multiple coming out stories. Um, would want to like I want to hear your specific coming out story to Sarah, and then. Sarah, you can tell your version of like, however that looks or feels to you. Um, and then we'll just, we'll talk about it after. Does that feel good to everybody? Yeah. I think so. Okay.
1: So I start, I start. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I thought this might come up. So I thought about it, but it's been a long time, but okay. So I, okay. So I think it's like around 2004 or 2005 and Sarah, when we were in school was like playing a lot of shows but in my memory in the timeline like things kind of started taking off in terms of like more travel and being away like around when I was a senior maybe 22 so Sarah was living in like that place on was it 15th? Ugh. what was the place you lived? it was like a house but you had an apartment remember that one
2: Yeah. It's 14th street,
1: right? 14th street. Yes. I was living
2: alone at that point. Right. Not still with Chad. Okay.
1: And we would, yeah, you weren't living with Chad. So we would go. So anyway, Sarah was like traveling, doing shows and being away and stuff. And so we would meet up and we would like go on walks. So in my memory, I think this is when I came out to you. Uh I met you at that apartment on 14th street in Santa Monica, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we went for a walk and I'm, I, I haven't, I memory is funny. Cause I'm like, did I dream this or did it really happen? Like in my memory, we're like standing on a corner, like mm. maybe waiting to cross the street or something. And I told you.
2: I think that's right. I'm so yeah. glad you went first anyway, because I was like, <laughs> honestly, I don't know if I remember <laughs> the story that way. I mean, I remember the experience, but we were on Wilshire for sure. Yeah.
1: Yes, because what was the name of that little? Um, oh God, what was the name of that like bar music venue slash coffee place?
2: Anastasia's.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like we were walking near there on. Yes. Santa Monica. You are
2: correct.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then.
2: <laughs> About but that your life. Doesn't
1: exist anymore, right? I don't yeah. think so. No. Yeah. So we went. We were near there, and you know what's funny? I think part of the reason why I don't remember it, like totally um uh clearly is like one it was a while ago but two it was sort of like a non-event in the best way i mean that in a good way like i don't i had no i wasn't afraid to tell you so and then your reaction as i recall was like i love you and you hugged me and like I don't know. And then I think we continued on our walk. I don't remember. Like it wasn't, you know what I mean? like, it wasn't fearful. It wasn't yeah. like, I don't remember having to like rev myself up. Like, like, do you remember
2: my- if I, who was the fir- like, who was the first person you told
1: the first person that I ever told? Yeah. Uh, I think it's my parents. Okay. I think it's my parents. It's either my parents or my high school best friend. It's all, it's like uh, neck and neck, but I think it was my parents. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was them. And that one I remember like yesterday, right? Like it, it, like it just happened. But I think that's because that one felt like, so that was such an event. Yeah. But I think with you, I'm pretty sure it was on that walk and I'm pretty sure I just sort of said it and then, I don't know. That's kind
2: of my memory of it as well, which is probably to listeners. They're like, was there fireworks or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. It was not something I did not know this about you. There's I have like friends who came out to me, you know, in our lives where I was like, yeah, I know. But, um, you know, but with you, I really didn't. I wasn't I wasn't thinking this was a part of your life right. that I didn't I, I just didn't expect that to happen. Right. And then so I just remember it being like, Oh, this is just a new this is a new chapter for us and but but it didn't feel um it's it's an interesting thing to try to, you know, recall. It's like I didn't feel shocked necessarily but it it just never crossed my mind and because i knew you with a girlfriend and i right yeah it was just like it just never even occurred to me
1: right yeah i mean i had a a girlfriend in college the the last girlfriend i ever had for like almost the entire time
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like almost the entire time i was with someone and so i don't know and i I don't know. It's a funny. It's a funny thing how something that years ago felt the general process of coming out and like less coming out and more like accepting that I was gay and that it felt so hard mm-hmm. now feels so just integrated into my life that I I'm fortunate that way that it I don't still struggle with that. So I think some of the memories like maybe get a little clouded, mm-hmm. you know? And I, listen, I'm like so fortunate that there was not, truly not a single person in my life reacted negatively. So
2: amazing. <laughs>
1: I'm so, so fortunate that that was the case. And so I think as a result, I, um, there was no trauma around coming out. There was trauma like in accepting it myself, but there wasn't any in terms of like, reaction from people like Sarah or any of my friends or my family you know so I think that's partially why the memory almost feels like it's not quite as clear but I'm I'm pretty sure that's like the skeleton of it
2: I wonder if it's like because one of the things Jeff and I always connected on was that we're deeply emotional people Mm -hmm. and the first my first experience of him as a friend was kind of I was having a legit nervous breakdown and we were in a acapella group together and we were at rehearsal at one of our members house. And I was like, I'm going to actually like fall apart into pieces on the floor. And I just was like, can I talk to you? <laughs> and we didn't even know each other that well. I just felt s- instinctively that he was a safe space and we went and got coffee or whatever. And I like vomited tears and, talked about god and talked about feeling crazy and like it became the first of many many nervous breakdowns (laughs) in my life that i have learned yeah and then and that became like a part of our um the the place where he and i found connection was i think in we were having trauma of the world like there and then getting closer and closer to what was actually just true became like oh that's the place to get that's where the healing is that's where the strength is that's where the empowerment is It's finding those little nuggets of truth and and um so i think by you coming to this deeper understanding about yourself it didn't feel like trauma because it was just true and so how right. beautiful that you got support yeah
1: i think one of the things that i think what has sustained our friendship for so many years is that the cornerstone of it is a real um, vulnerability, like a real, um, we allow each other and we encourage each other to be vulnerable and to be open about things in our life that we struggle with or things in our life that are really great. It's not based on like, our friendship was not like based on situation. You yeah, know what I mean we, we aren't or, just yeah. yeah we aren't just friends because we like went to the same college because I went to college with a lot of people who I no longer am in touch with right and and as an like it's interesting as an actor like you're sort of constantly meeting new people right because you're going and doing shows you're working on projects and and most of those relationships don't sort of go on to become Real friendships. You have lots of acquaintances and you have colleagues that you care about. But I think our friendship, because sort of the first experiences we ever had with each other were pretty vulnerable, pretty like open. Mm -hmm. Um, We built. Deep end.
2: We dove into the deep end, right? Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. And,
1: And, you know, and, and there were, it's interesting because there were, there was a long period in, our friendship where I was living in New York and Sarah was still living in LA. And even when she was living in LA, you were constantly like, what's when you were, when you were really touring a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Like, and so we wouldn't even see each other. Like, I don't know. We'd see each other. Like I'd go home for Christmas and we'd always see each other then. And then we'd see each other. If you maybe were playing a show in New York, Yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, We were able to maintain a friendship, even though we weren't seeing each other that often. And I think that's because the the sort of baseline of the friendship was strong.
2: And that we both adopted the number one rule in friendship, which is to have very low expectations of each other. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that way you don't get disappointed you
1: always I will say I will say we have always been good with each other about like like you know we're always honest with each other about like hey you know that thing that that thing you wanted me to go to I'm just like I'm this or I don't want to do that we're (laughs) really good no truly like both of us are really good about being straight Mm -hmm. up like you know or Or like, I don't know, even now, like we're, we're away from each other. We're certainly away from each other now. Yeah. But like we, I go away and travel to do gigs. Sarah's gone a lot. I don't know. You just sort of like, you give people room. Yeah. You know? Totally.
2: I I find as I get older that I need more and more of that from my closest relationships. And I find that, um, you know, we're all trying to, Figure out how to allow ourselves to be the most ourselves, and that yeah. is something that that's a moving target, right? Like, so we we grow and we change, and then our our friends have to allow the space for that. Mm. I don't know. I, I anytime I feel like there's constriction or like a lot of expectation, I have a harder time feeling close to that person. Um, and it's not that I don't want to show up for somebody; it's just that. Um, I don't, that's not my expectation of my friendships. I don't think unless everyone's calling me a bitch behind my back. And honestly, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want to know? Not really. I'm, I'm happy to be blissfully ignorant about that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's like that, that whole like expectation, like having low expectations is something I've had to learn over the years because I, I have such high, I had such high expectations of everybody of myself included. And it's always just setting myself up to be disappointed and to fail. Mm -hmm. And so that's like a really hard earned um, thing for me too. Um,
2: I think it's important to know how to ask for, how to ask for people to show up for you. You need to be able to decipher when something is really important to you. So you can ask the people who love you to love you. Mm-hmm. in the ways that you need. And that is something I am constantly trying to work on that. Cause I'm not someone who I'm sure we all feel this way is that it's not that easy to ask for help. And so when you need people to, to show up for you there, I think you have to be clear with them. And so then if they, if they can't show up for you or they choose not to, then you get to have that conversation. You know what I mean? But it's, it's living in the Oh, I'm going to do this thing and come if you can, or, but, but don't worry about it. Or I'm moving and, you know, it'd be great to have hands, but like, Oh my gosh, if you're so bit like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think it's important to, to learn, to be clear with your, with yourself and your own needs so you can let people
0: love you, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um. So like, so thinking about your story, Jeff. Did you like, and I know it's like hard to remember, but try of like, okay. was it like, I'm going to, we're going on this walk. And now i now I'm going to tell Sarah, or was it like, did something like strike you in the moment or how did that come? No, from?
1: I, 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 I definitely planned it. I'm not, uh, I know myself. There's like no way I was like, I'll just tell her. Like, it's <laughs> not me. I like, I'm very type A. I'm certain that I had decided I was going to tell her. Yeah because also like when you come out it's so funny it's like i remember this so well when you come out there's like the people that you're like you're gonna tell like i for me it was like okay I'm telling like mom and dad brother sister best friend you know cousin i'm really close to but then i was like then i like teamed up with my mom and like she handled the rest of my pr like i'm mm-hmm. not telling everyone you know what i'm saying like and so some people found out through like the family's Whatever telephone tree, and then, and then others I like definitely planned. So I'm sure I must have planned. I must have just been like, okay, I'm this is I'm gonna tell her, you know.
0: Do you remember the moments leading up to it?
1: Yeah, I was nervous. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're always, and then back then, yeah, you know, you're always nervous. I mean, listen, I'll be totally honest about it. There, doing what I do for a living, like. whether it's in health and fitness as a trainer or as a performer I'm always meeting new people and like I think sort of non-queer people don't realize that like we're always coming out always like always so I still have moments with like you know listen in my on the health and fitness side I meet like a lot of like you know bros right like I I spend time with a lot of like gym folks and it can be intimidating sometimes. So like I mean I have I've been very fortunate. I've never had a bad reaction, but, you know, you're sort of I still get a little nervous sometimes. Like, oh, we have to have this conversation and what if it doesn't go well or usually I just do the casual thing. I'll just be like, Oh yeah, my husband dot 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 That's usually how I do it because I don't need to have a heart to heart with like someone who's doing push ups at six in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I usually am read as a queer person, but then when I I, like share my pronouns or I'm coming out in that kind of way as a trans person and that feels, that always feels so hard because it's like, especially with they, them pronouns in general, like people just have such a hard time wrapping their minds around using it for one person, even though we do it all the time.
1: Well, suddenly like everyone becomes like a, a, like a linguist. Like an expert in mm-hmm. on the English
0: language. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you had a PhD in grammar. Yeah, wow! Right, right. And then you know, sometimes in trainings, um, when I'm feeling saucy in the most professional way possible, I'll be like, "What's more important, being grammatically correct or someone's life? Like, that's what it comes down to. When you don't respect someone, like, you know, yeah. and yeah. so and that that sometimes so. gets through to them, and then sometimes they put up <laughs> sometimes they put up more walls. So. People don't like to be wrong. No, and they can they not And, they, can't, and they, they
2: shield themselves from their own sort of embarrassment or misunderstanding or just like not being able to grasp the severity and the, the importance of, you know, where we're at. Do you find that – do you have patience for people?
0: Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. for them to catch up? That's Definitely. the thing
2: that I think is probably the most helpful – as, you know, we navigate delicate waters, it's like, you know, I think people get frustrated with themselves that they can't catch up more quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I can only imagine how frustrating it is on the other side to be like, are you going to fucking get this or not?
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, yeah, Yeah. exactly. But, you know, I've I've been using these pronouns for over three years. And so the people who have been in my life that whole time, it's like, okay, like now's the time, like it's the first year, the first, the second year, it's like, okay, like, we're here now. And like, it shouldn't be yeah. like, of yeah. course, everyone's going to slip up. I somehow misgender myself sometimes. I don't know how, but it happens. And like, you know, we've all been conditioned and um, you know, and some days are easier than others to be patient. Like it depends mm-hmm. on what other emotional and or whatever stuff that I'm holding. And it's like, some days I have all the patience in the world and some days I'll snap after one.
2: Yeah. Just yeah. like
0: depends. Yeah. Um, and you know, and even though I'm like a professional educator, in my day job and, and, but sometimes I just want to like exist in the world and not be teaching. I just want to like move through it and not like correct someone or be the one genderqueer person in the room. That's like, you know, the token or whatever. Um, so, um, so I, I'm want to pivot a little bit. And Sarah, what's it like for you, like with Jeff or with other friends, for you to be there for someone in like their most vulnerable moment? Like how do you, what does that feel like? And how do you show up in the best way possible as an ally?
2: Well, I, first of all, I look at it as an extraordinary privilege when someone shares their sort of, when someone shares their pain in a real way. I think that's a that's a massive privilege. I am someone who's pretty private about it, and uh, for myself, so I know how much um, courage it takes to share your pain with someone and to allow them to see you in in your darkest places. So it feels like um, a real gift and a and an allowance for how to love someone. So it. it it's very meaningful to me. Um, What I'm not good at is I I am a fixer and there's so many things that are unfixable in this world Um, or they're not. It's really more about gaining um, perspective and acceptance and time is really the big fixer. Um, And I'm a really impatient person. So it's hard to see someone I love in pain. And I think if I'm guilty of anything, the thing that I need to really work on is just allowing someone to be in the pain they're in for the amount of time that it takes. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm always like, I have to be really careful about not um, trying to cheer somebody up or like distract them from the darkness, because I really think there's a lot of value in, in being inside the pain, but Um, but I also think there's a lot of value in being reminded that there's something on the other side of it too, but it's so different for, for everybody. So I think, you know, what I try to do is just be a good listener. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know that I'm, that I always succeed, but, um, I try to be a good listener and I really try to squelch that impulse in me to just like make it better. Like, let me just fix it because it's just not really my job to do. It's not. That's like my my ego being like, I'll save you. It's just <laughs> not true. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's the the goal is just to sort of hold space and and be next to someone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you seen the um Brene Brown like little cartoon on empathy?
2: I don't think so. but I, oh,
0: I will. I love her. Oh my gosh, I have a Brene Brown story for you, but I'll tell you later. Um. Actually, no, I'm going to tell it now because I think it makes sense to tell it here. But anyways, this video first is um, just, like, an illustration of what it means to be empathetic. And, like, literally it shows, like, cartoon characters just sitting with each other and, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, fight the impulse to fix it. And just, like, yeah. I'm just here for you. And, like, it's really – and it's, like – and then it's her. She's narrating it, which is just a dream. Um, but um, so I was reading Daring Greatly and – um. I just, that book spoke to me in such a ma- major, major way. And so I tweeted at her asking if she would write Daring Greatly and I would get it tattooed. And she <laughs> wrote back that when I'm face down in the arena, I should get it in my own na- my own handwriting. So I can remind myself to get back. Ooh, I love that. That's right. Good. So I have it. Oh, it's. That Yay. That. Oh, I it's love that. But it's just like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to like. To not fix things because it's like when you see your friend in pain. Um, I'm kind of dealing with this thing right now, where it's like I just want him to feel better, and I can't. There's nothing I can do but just sit with him and hold him, and like, mm-hmm. it's tough. Yeah, it's really tough.
2: It's like that scene in.
0: Oh, oh my gosh, I'm
2: sorry. Um, it's like that scene in, uh, Inside Out where sadness just yeah. sits and and just I, that, I find that scene to be the most Moving, well, there's a few scenes that I find to be incredibly moving, but where sadness oh, just sits and and just says, "Yeah, it's sad to lose a friend." Sometimes it's sad, yeah. Sometimes it's just sad, and yeah, and that it's it's what I really um, respond to about you know some of the Buddhist teachings. I, I got really um, into Pema Chodron and um, over the last handful of years, and um, so much of the Buddhist tenants are about accepting what is and when we and our our suffering comes from not allowing there to be value in pain mm-hmm. and we're we're right. conditioned right. and we're hypnotized to believe that that culturally and as people we're we should feel good all the time but right. so valuable to feel yeah. pain.
1: I noticed that in what I do in the health and fitness space, like um, there's a lot of You know, you see it on TV, right? Like lose weight easy and quick, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and I tell my clients, like, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Like, this is going to be hard. That doesn't mean you can't do it. It doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? Like, and all those, those lessons can be applied to, you know, to our lives. Mm -hmm. Like, there are just things that they're hard. They're hard. I remember one time, Sarah, we were talking about something. This was years ago. I'll never forget what you said, but I I don't know what we what we were talking about. But you said to me, "Sometimes the only way around it is through it." And I was like, "Whoa, that's so true! Like, it's true." I
2: don't think I made that up, but thank you. No, I don't know, but you
1: (laughs) said it. But as far as I'm concerned, you did because I never heard it before. You said that to me, and and I will never. I think that all the time. It's true. Like, you can't go around this one. You know, some things you could scoot around, you can be yeah. cute, you could scoot, Nope. but some stuff you have to just get through. And our friendship, certainly, I think, like, we've always been really good about being supportive about, with each other, being honest with each other about stuff like that, you know?
2: Yeah, I think you get in, we all, like, we get in loops. So we, we find yeah. ourselves in similar territory. and And so the people that are close to you can be like, you know what this feels like. You know what we, Mm -hmm. you know, what's on the other side of it. yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. But, you know, to your point, Dubs, it's like, you just, you have to just hold them. Just hold them and let them, and let them feel. Because feeling is so important. Like, think Mm -hmm. about how much we do to, like, distract ourselves from actually feeling what's uncomfortable. And that's why this time in coronavirus, to the land of fucking ambiguity, it's just like, it's so uncomfortable for so many people. My parents are crawling up the walls. They're both really? doers. And so they cannot figure out how to feel comfortable same without with my, doing. Same with my dad. My mom's doing okay, I think.
1: But, you know, definitely my dad, like every time we talk, he's like, I'm running out of things to do, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, well... You could just be with yourself for a minute.
0: Oh, no. that's hard. So it's hard, hard to so do that.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I was freaking out when you said the only way around is through, the only way around it is through it is because Sarah, I learned that from you too. Really? You it, yes. Like you said it in a live version, I think of Uncharted or something. I can't find it now, but you like in the middle, you were like talk break or whatever you call it, a talk bridge, mm-hmm. and you said the only way around it is through it, and it like blew my mind. I literally, I thought you invented it, and then people were like, no, and I was like, but she did. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you did. I'm so, I think it's probably from one
2: of my Pema children books. Honestly, I oh. cannot recommend her enough. Um, but it's literally
0: I, in my notes, sorry. I, I, that that is so you.
2: amazing. Oh, I love yeah. that. It came up. Well, I'm glad that for that it resonated. Cause I do think that, um, I mean, I feel like that message came to me. I was reading one of her books, when things fall apart and, um, it's, uh, it was after a bad breakup and it was, it was revelatory to me as well to be like, Oh, right. There's this, this very uncomfortable thing in front of you, which is just about the healing that has to happen after, you know, a a goodbye. Um, And I, I could you like, you just like contorting yourself and just wriggling around to try to avoid what is true, which is that, it's sad to say goodbye to somebody and that's just, it's just sad. So then you got to fucking sit down and be sad for a while mm-hmm. and then something else will come up. And I'm always, um, you know, trying to remind myself and if I get the opportunity to connect with people who are in pain to, you know, it does move and you'll like the, that the feeling you have is just, it's not a solid thing. We get, we lump ourselves into this, like, oh, I'm depressed, but depression is so many things and it's so um, slippery. So it's like noticing the fact that it moves around, I think is a, is a really important thing to be able to, to
0: do. Mm-hmm. Something else I'm, I've learned later in life is that I can feel multiple things at once. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can feel really sad and also be excited about something. Mm -hmm. at the same time and like how does that work it just does Mm -hmm. and it's like acknowledging that that's even a thing has been really life-changing oh my
2: gosh it's the whole it's the it's the everything it's that we're our um again our conditioning is trying to make us make everything binary and like my god look how much that doesn't work like the Mm -hmm. the the gray matter is where it's like we're in the age of the death of nuance. Like they're just, there's, everything is so nuanced and everything is infinite. Every feeling is infinite. Every person is infinite. So the, the idea that we're all living on all kinds of spectrums makes so much sense for this wildly, like unpredictable, infinite world. And then, but we, we keep getting told that it's, Democrat or, or Republican. It's, right. you know, like it's black <laughs> or white. It's, it's, it's just all these, th- all these things that get, re- it's so reductive of how yeah. complicated the world actually is. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, Doug? that's why I keep Sarah around. Just this pearl. She just drops pearls.
0: Just pearls. pearls. <laughs> A fountain of pearls. I wore my mama beads for you. (laughs) Oh, look at you.
2: Thank you.
0: Um, So you kind of talked about brave for a minute, but I definitely want to go back to it because it's such an important song to me and to the LGBTQ community and beyond. Um, But I don't know if you know this, but Jeff and I have matching brave tattoos by accident. By By accident.
2: accident? (gasps) We got them before we knew each
0: other. Oh my God. And they're in the
2: same font in everything. Oh my God, that's, that's kismet. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That, That was meant to be.
0: Yeah. Um, but so, so that song, um, so I have a few questions about it. Uh, well, first I, it, it opens every thank you for coming out because it's just, it's such a, an upper and like such a happy, um, like joyous and inspirational as like anthem. I keep using that word, but that's, I feel like that's Thank the thing. You. Um, uh, and I, it starts off every show, just like, wow. Um, so did your, did you, um, I noticed you wrote it about a friend and did your friend like know it was about them or did, was it kind of like an after thing or how does that, what, what's that story? I think I, the,
2: well, it occurs to me also that I want to make sure that I mention I wrote it with Jack Antonoff, who this is perfect for this particular episode because mm-hmm. it was right at the time where he was launching the Ally Coalition with his sister, Rachel Antonoff. Um, and we were paired up, um, as writing partners through my friend Sarah Quinn of Tegan and Sarah. And she's like, you'll love Jack. He's, Amazing and whatever comes out of it. You're going to come out like with a great friend and I met Jack and immediately it was very um Amphemic is the way I always describe mm-hmm. working with him There was something about working with Jack just made things feel bigger in a way that was really that, that didn't I didn't lose Any of the sense of intimacy about the messaging. It just felt like it could hold a bigger space and I loved that about working with him Um and so this this kind of interpersonal message kind of wrapped in the Jack Antonoff of it all made it feel very anthemic to me, which I was very excited about myself. So um I I didn't share initially with this person, but um I did eventually write them a letter.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I just I wanted to make sure that it was really clear that they were the the brave one to me. Um mm. and it was received really beautifully. And it was it was probably a lot later than you would think. I, I almost, if I could go back in time, I think I wish I would have shared like a demo of the song and mm. a letter like very early on, before the song became, you know, a song on my record or something on the radio. I think I, I wish I would have taken the time, but I think I was nervous about it. I was mm. worried that, you know, it's it's so private and to you know not that there's any I, I try to be very careful about sharing identity you know of this person so but i but you know it was important it was inspiring to to me to watch this person walk through this really difficult time with as much grace and as much pain as they did and um and so i yeah i did eventually share that and it was it was a really Beautiful, kind of. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, yeah I'm that's just really glad nice. it finally happened.
1: Meanwhile, do you know the amount of people in my family? When did that song come out? How many years ago?
2: Matt, I, I don't understand time. <laughs> let's
1: go with six.
2: Two, let's see. this 2000. uh I think that record came out in 2011. Oh,
1: so eight, nine. Years eight yeah. or nine years ago. Okay,
2: That's what it is. Great. Cool, the cool, point
1: cool. is, the point is, when you started telling that little story about the song you know in shows and whatever the amount of people in my family they're like oh my god is it about you and I'd have to be like I have been out <laughs> for like 15 years at this point no <laughs> I did not did you no let's do the but, math on.
2: <laughs> but in a way it, it it is about well yes
1: it is a it's specific a collective person like, but
2: it's about a bigger well, a that's bigger what, phenomenon, you know. And I'll tell you, Dub,
1: Sarah, close your ears for a second. But one of the great privileges of being Sarah's friend is that if I were not Sarah's friend, I would still be as moved and as much of a fan of her work as I am. And so it's amazing and a real blessing in my life to get to share some of the... Um, sort of behind the curtain part of, um, of Sarah's career. I mean, to be totally honest, and this is one thing that I have always really appreciated about our friendship is that Sarah and I talk as much about her work as we talk about mine. And we talk as much, and, and like, I, I am, she is as excited for me when I have a career step forward or an exciting thing as I am when she does. I've never, ever, ever, ever in my in our friendship, as I've watched um, you, you know, as Sarah, Sarah sort of succeed and, you know, become sort of more known, I've never, ever felt left behind. I've never felt um, as though somehow what she was doing was uh, more more important. And I think that's because uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think Sarah has always understood that the kind of celebrity or the, you know, there's a lot of sparkle involved in that. But the, but what she does as an artist fundamentally is not any different than what other people do as artists. Like Sarah, I would say you count yourself among all artists. Totally. You know what I mean? Like. And that's that has been. You have made that really evident in the way that you've come to the theater community and really integrated yourself and become a part of this community and express gratitude for having been accepted. You know, thank you. Like, no, it's, I mean it. Really is true. Like, I, I, it's it's a real blessing to get to witness to to get to witness it and to see. You know, it's like I don't. I've never been to any of my friends' workplaces, but, like, I've got to go backstage at Sarah's. I've got to go to soundcheck at a Sarah Bareilles show and, like, watch how she manages being the boss up there, how she, you know, speaks to the different needs of the technicians and the musicians and the this and the that. You know, I get to witness that. It's really cool. It's really like it's a gift. You know, I don't – most of my friends, I don't know what they do at their work, you know,
2: I think that there's (laughs) something about that. There's, um, did you guys ever read the book war of art by Stephen Pressfield? Mm -hmm. Um, I, there, uh, I recommend that book for artists who are feeling kind of stuck in any way. Um, but one of the things I love that he writes about is this idea that art is not hierarchical. We're kind of taught that there's like, um, they are above where I am. Like we think about it as a ladder, like we're climbing the ladder, but right. he levels the playing field. And we, he, he talks about it as like, no, this is just the territory. You you occupy this territory and they occupy this territory. And they and so we're all on the same playing field and it just like our territories right. look different. But essentially to your point, we're all kind of doing the same thing. And all of the coolest people I know that I look up to, my heroes, the Carol Kings, the... the james taylor's the aretha franklin like they're cool like carol king is one of the nicest most humble generous people i've ever met in my entire life yeah. she is always figuring out thank you oh my gosh did you meet james he moves the piano I'm like my god james thank you for moving right. the fucking piano like it's right. it's amazing and um so I, those are the, the people that i look up to and i think oh my god if you start to drink the kool-aid about yourself you're doomed just totally
1: like, yeah and i think it gets in the way you know art creating any type of art the, the pure like if that channel that channel has to remain pure whether like i'm not a writer i don't know what that feels like but i have been given a song and i have been given a scene and been told okay you, you know filter this through your, your eyes and your experiences. And if that channel isn't pure, if I'm my, if my ego gets in the way, you know, I'm, I'm fucked. It's over. Like mm-hmm. if I start to think about how I'm going to be perceived or how sort of like big this job is or how not big it is or whatever, like it all, it, it's all just like, um, garbage
2: that mm-hmm.
1: clouds your ability to, to do your job and to get your work done. I've been so impressed in this quarantine. Um I know I already bragged about my husband, but I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> he's a big lover of musical theater and um uh he's been doing this thing basically every day when he uh wakes up after he has breakfast, he gets to his piano, which is right behind me there, and he plays through an entire musical. He plays the score. He doesn't Wow. He's not like Sharing it with anyone. It's not about like, oh, how this will help his career in any way. It's like the artist in him needs the nourishment. So he does it because he loves it. You know, he like puts on his little headphones and he plays whatever. Or he'll say, sometimes he'll say to me, like, okay, you know, give me an, a letter A to L. And I say D. And then he like finds a musical that starts with the letter D and plays it.
2: Oh my gosh. You know? The discipline but, you know, of that is amazing. Yeah, but, and
1: it, yeah, there definitely is discipline involved, but I think ultimately he just wants to do it.
2: Enjoyment. He, yeah.
1: he knows that, like, it's, it's like, you know, it's it's eating his broccoli, it's eating his vegetables. It's like it, he knows it's good for him. So even mm-hmm. on the days, excuse me, even on the days when he's like, oh, I don't know, I could just not, he does. It's, it's impressive. That's you awesome. know, like, I think, and he, and he, he does, he keeps it, that space. Is it's pure it's not about anything other than experiencing and creating period you know and the best works of art i think um start there you know the ones that really last at least yeah, yeah. someone like carol king you know mm-hmm. totally
0: um well you can tell andre i requested rent so did okay we, did we get that yet because
2: i don't I mean, know i, guess, I would never know because he doesn't
0: post about it but
2: i don't, he <laughs> I
1: don't think he's on that one yet i don't think he's done that one yet but i'll i'll, I'll I, I got some, uh, I got some say.
0: Okay. uh, I have
1: some influence over
0: him. (laughs) Um, okay. I have a couple more questions and then I have to move us into our last round. But, um, Sarah, how did you know you were an ally and has it changed once you've had, once your platform has grown?
2: Um, I think I've always felt really, comfortable and also empowered by the queer community. My, my mom and my sisters were really involved in community theater. And so I, from a young age, had a lot of gay friends and, um, and they were my mom's age, you know, they were older, but it's the, it's the place that I felt the most free and the most encouraged to be exactly who I was. And I was, I had, you know, just, I had a rocky school relationship. I was kind of bullied and I was a chubby kid and I got teased and I felt really kind of misunderstood and, um, lonely. And then when I found theater, I was like, Oh, my people. Um, so I think I always felt really, um, enamored with and protective of that community because I they were so beloved to me. Um, and I think it has changed over the years in the sense that um, as an ally, I understand that it is, um, it again is delicate territory, that I know that there are people that feel very um, protective of the space in the sense that it's not, it's not for me. This movement is not for me, and so there's no place for me here. Um, and I've gotten backlash about that over the years in in a relatively small ways, I should say. Um, my intention is d- truly very pure, but I don't always do it right. <laughs> um, but I think what I'm trying again to learn to do is just listen more. And, um, but I really feel that way about every movement is that every movement, if there is an amplifier, if there's a way to make the messaging broader or louder or bigger, it's not about trying to claim authorship of the messaging. It's about trying to, it, my truest wish is to breed more diversity and acceptance and. willingness to 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 build more love in the world that's my whole mission statement um so you know again i'm i don't always get it right and i might fuck up at times but i i stand by my intention and i'm just again learning to listen more and i think Mm -hmm. that's going to be a lifelong journey for me
0: i think like one of the most important things about being an ally is doing it and then being okay with, okay, I made a mistake and like yeah. owning that and being like, okay, yeah. it's because if you're not, you can't make a mistake unless you're trying. And so, yeah. and you, but you're not going to get better and learn and grow if you don't try. And in, in all the trainings that I do, I say you, like the learning happens when you're in that uncomfortable place where it's like, I'm not sure if this is the right thing, but like, that's how you that's how we learn is by making mistakes and trying, and so
2: mm-hmm.
0: um and when I specifically am talking about allyship, that's exactly what I say is like listen first and mm-hmm. try you have to try or you're never gonna that's i mean with my parents and my family and everybody with pronouns, it's like you're never gonna get better at it if you don't try yeah um and i can I can
2: speak to the sense that some- especially knowing that I have a public platform, I find myself sometimes. Not saying more because I'm afraid I'm gonna say it wrong, Mm -hmm. and so that's the thing where I think, as a a big community, we have to allow each other, like you're saying, to make mistakes. And, um, you know, I I really am so wary of this cancel culture that Mm -hmm. somebody fucks up and, like, all of a sudden they're the pariah, and there's just where is there room to be like to make a mistake and to try, you know, to your point, like to try and to get better. And um, I think we have to be willing to forgive each other, but I know I I will cop to that. that Sometimes I don't say more because I'm afraid I'm going to say it wrong. And I, it's easier not to say anything, but they'll be like, I'll do much more retweeting than I will, you know, sort of like claiming my own Mm -hmm. statement about it because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really afraid that I'm going to, Put it together wrong, or I'm going to use the wrong words, or I'm going to offend somebody accidentally, and that's where not to bring politics into it. But that's where I feel like liberals (laughs) we get it we get ourselves into hot water because we're so we're afraid of doing it wrong, and so we're trying to you know at least we're trying. I I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I feel like the the pursuit is noble. It's just really um, clumsy sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In the social justice circles in general, there is just this, like, in-group, like you're saying, like, cancel culture, and people are just down. Like, you say the one wo- wrong word, and you are done. And it's like, how are we ever going to move forward you
1: know, <clears throat> right if we are always,
0: right. you know, canceling each other? Yeah. Right.
1: And I think, like, we will always... This is a problem unique to, I think, pro- sort of more progressive folks, because our 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 group is more diverse so there are different there are more needs there are more yeah. things to consider there are more there are different types of people right like but i think you both make really strong points like intention is intention matters so if someone's intention is pure and kind and they make a mistake i'm not sure the value in in writing them off yeah you know Having said that, it's so funny, right? It's like these two things exist at the same time. I know, Doug, you and I were talking just a few weeks back and you were like, I'm so fucking tired of seeing people using the wrong pronouns. Like, I'm tired of it. It's been three years, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. those. So both of those feelings can be held at the same time
2: yeah. that
1: mm-hmm. you, can be, you can be frustrated and you can also be forgiving. Because mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. what I try to do, and I'm sure both of you are the same way, when someone has hurt me, I try to, or, or someone has fucked up and it's affected me negatively. I try to, you know, remember that the tables have been turned. I have also hurt people that I didn't mean to hurt, you know, so like I am not, you know, someone who always says the right things either. And so
2: nobody is, uh, <laughs> no
1: one is exactly. And so I, I'm, I try to be willing to. I, I remember when I like when I. I don't mean to belabor this, but like when I when I came out to my dad, you know. I remember like, um, I think sometimes with like gay sons, like I think sometimes fathers have a hard harder time. I'm speaking in general, but um, anyway, uh. I remember, my mom said to me, "Your dad loves you, but this is new, so just give him some time," and he. And he, I will say he never treated me negatively. Never. He never had a negative reaction. But I I know that somewhere in his head and his heart he was dealing with things. Yeah. And and I could have been like, no, love me as I am right now. I'm bringing my boyfriend over, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah. We had to kind of be. We had to take our time a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too with um, like tra- like transitioning. It's like, there's loss that's happening for everybody. It's like, no longer your daughter, I'm no longer your sister, like all of these things. And it's like, it's hard. And it is, it's one of those things where it's like, we have to like be in this together and you're going to make mistakes. And some days I'm going to be really shitty to you because I'm pissed and hurt because I don't feel seen and validated. And then other days I'm like, okay, you're not doing it. Like your intention isn't to hurt me. It's a mistake. And so it's a lot of balancing. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to be mindful of time. So I have one last question and then we're going to move into our last section. So when you were in waitress in London, did you speak with a British accent? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, oh, wait, you asked me to see. I, <laughs> I, like, I, I don't think so, but I don't
2: know. Um, no, not on stage. I did the s- same Southern accent as was, you know, as per the show here. Um, but a lot of fake British accent off stage all the time. I mean, oh, right. Yes, <laughs> darling. It's so <laughs> fun.
0: It's so fun to do it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like once you get started, you can't stop. You can't stop. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So I don't want to do this, but I have to move us into our last section, which is a rapid fire question. Ooh, I forgot about this. Yeah. So, Jeff, and they're different now. Some are the same, some are different. And so I think it would be fun. Um, there's no right or wrong answers, except one. You'll know it when it happens. Jeff, I think you probably, re- maybe remember that. It doesn't matter. I... Well, you'll figure it out. Um, so you, bo- I think you both can just do it at the same time when I've had okay. like, duos on before, they just like do it at the same time and it's okay. 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 So just answer as quickly as possible. Um, and it's all for fun and games. Okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Pencil or pen?
2: Pen. Pencil.
0: Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Dogs. Beach or mountains? Wait, say it again. Beach or mountains? Beach. Um, Meat or veggies? Meat. Veggies? What? (laughs) We are opposite every single time. (laughs) Okay. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Round of applause. That's the right answer. Um, Train or plane?
2: Train. Train sweet or salty? Sweet,
0: salty Coke or Pepsi? Coke, coke nice night or day? Night, night, and favorite kitchen item.
1: Oh my god, my Le Creuset Dutch oven. Get out of here! (laughs) 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 No question.
2: Um, coffee. All my coffee gadgets. Anything to, to bring coffee into the world.
1: Anything Beautiful. to bring coffee,
2: coffee
0: to the world. world. Oh, coffee is glorious. Okay. Yeah. Um, that was it. You passed. Yay, Yay! Okay. Jeffrey. We are like opposites. On. with know. Such a good team.
2: I don't know if this is gonna work. Actually, that was my thinking.
0: <laughs> opposites <laughs> attract. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, what was I just going to say? Um, I'm going to compare your answers, Jeff, to your first podcast episode to see if oh. it changed. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that oh, was right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, thank you both so much for joining me on my first ever Ally episode. This was so special.
2: Yay! It was really
0: wonderful. Thank you thank for Thank you for having doing us. It. That was really and Thank
2: sweet. you for having us, yeah.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for coming out. Yay! Thank you for coming. So real quick. My mom made you something Hold. Keep going, that, I, keep going. that I gave to Jeff to give to you and then shit hit the fan in the world. Um, so I was wondering something and please feel empowered to say no, thank you. But could my mom join this Zoom so she can like virtually watch it, us give it to you? Of course. Okay. So oh let me God, just text her. here for a mom. Okay. Yes. Great. Um, and in advance, I'm sorry if she's weird or like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean like because she's a mom in general but then like you, like um I'm, I just texted her I told her to be on standby oh gee, there she is Hold on. don't so show crazy. it don't show it yet John. no I'm not yeah.
1: doing it I will okay. I
0: will
2: this is cute this is so suspenseful
0: right? I know I'm kind of nervous mom What's your mom's name? Ellen What's Ellen Ellen are you here turn your video on and your sound oh no i'm uh, muted. oh yes start video yeah start video oh, ellen! oh, hi! oh my gosh it's so <laughs> nice to meet you sarah so nice to meet you too ellen hi where are you are? in the world i'm in texas <laughs> amazing yeah south south texas and um is it warm there or you look yeah, like you're in the totally sunshine warm. oh yeah i am i'm at I'm like facing my pool. Whole... yeah um, yeah yeah live in the dream If you got to be quarantined that a pool is yeah, yeah that's job. not so it's bad, bad I guess. In the, it was a hundred yesterday oh, <laughs> oh no that's yeah cool. it's not believe me <laughs> no
1: we don't li- we don't like that we don't like
0: that Girl. no we are, don't. You, are we ready is it yes happening? we're ready it's happening okay oh you haven't oh my god I yeah, we're I waiting, waiting for happening. you yeah we're waiting for you oh i'm so excited
1: <laughs> i'm sorry that ellen i'm sorry we weren't, we weren't able to do this in person we yeah. would have had this pandemic not happened.
0: i know i know
1: but first and so you okay, made
0: sort of, you made
1: this it, yes it, well first first it you can i'll i'll give this to you but this is a card
2: oh i love that
1: there's writing on the back but you can read that later
2: okay great okay great okay mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, I, should I? Okay, I'm just gonna un I think you have it to and do I'll the show whole thing. It that way. I'll yeah. show it that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully, you'll figure out what it is. I think. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. If not, we had some problems. My god, I,
1: oh my god! There, wait. This, it's happening. Just
2: talk it's okay. it's yeah, have, No, stress. We literally no. have nothing to do. It's, <laughs> right. it's so true. Right.
0: Nowhere to go. <laughs>
1: okay. Wait. Okay. I'm going off camera.
0: we will miss you okay
1: wait oh let me make sure i have it right oh i do okay okay wait let me get my camera set up
0: (laughs) i love you so much right now (laughs) okay ready oh my god
2: is that a is that a pie blanket wait i can't i'm trying to spread it out
0: (laughs) you're doing a great job jeff (laughs) you made that yeah, it's crochet. it's crochet. Oh, but look really? how cute it is. Oh, it's my been, God. It's my first
1: 3D. It's a little lattice like top. It. Isn't that
2: cute? <laughs> that is amazing. It's really Aww. sweet. Oh, I, I love can. it. That is so charming, and I bet it's so cozy. I can't Here, wait, I'm gonna put it in my
0: possession. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it's look. machine washable, too. Oh, my oh, God. It's beautiful.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is the cutest and thing I've ever seen. Is that a pattern you Ellen, just came up with? I just made it, yeah. Oh my God.
1: And Ellen, look, because this is r- true story. So this is the one you made for me. And oh, I love it w- right there. Yeah, yeah. every, oh, so I literally wear it. Yeah? I wear it, I, I use it every single day. I use it this morning. So it's oh, in our little so blanket. Gosh. In the morning, when I wake up, I unfold it and I put it on. It you goes great with the red couch. A
0: so <laughs> you can wear that, that for cute. your pride day when you're gay all day.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh exactly. Ellen, so that is so
2: generous. Thank you. You're I promise
1: you. as soon as soon as we have real life again, this will leave my apartment. I promise I'm not hoarding it. I already have one.
0: Uh, <laughs> Jeff, you've been holding it since December. I know. Well
1: the the real and timeline is like Sarah yeah. went to to London mm-hmm. and then was supposed Fun. to be gone for a couple months, and then
2: we extended, into and then lo I and behold, a pandemic happened. Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. you're the first
0: it's the first 3d blanket i've ever made
2: so i just really good i can't (laughs) believe that that's so generous thank you oh
0: you're so welcome enjoy it and think of dubs every time i absolutely (laughs) will will. that's so sweet how you're welcome this is such an honor i'm so excited (laughs) excited. i was saying to
2: dubs i love a mom i am here for a mom mom.
0: mom. Yeah. Uh yeah well we
2: love dubs so Good job. Oh, well, thanks, thank everybody. Yeah, thank
0: you so much. Well, this was fun. Yeah, yes. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, Squish the and dogs. Love. Stay healthy. And yeah. Safe. Thanks, so everybody. Fun. Healthy
2: and safe. Yes. So nice thank you. to meet you, Ellen. And thank yeah. you, you Dad. Yes. Too. Thank you. Thank
0: you for coming out.